Welcome to Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place. I'm joined here by my co-hosts, Benjamin Schmidt and Colin Hansel. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Mike's Safes. Need somewhere to store your valuables, maybe jewelry, money, son's PlayStation controller? Check out www.mikesafes.com, www.mikesafes.com. They're great. All right, let's jump right into the football slate this past weekend. I want to first touch on the Monday night game, so let's start with 49er Bills, and Josh Allen might have put himself back into the MVP conversation. Well, pair that with the fact that Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson's, um, I mean, Kyler Murray feels like so long ago when that dude was at the top of the race, but he has fallen off a cliff. But overall, those two kind of falling out of it, I think has opened the door, along with some great play, for Josh Allen to make his way back in. I think right now we would all agree that it's Mahomes and Rodgers is our top two. Yeah. But um, you got to have a third candidate, and Josh Allen is playing some really good football. I mean, I know they're hurt, but the San Francisco defense has been getting healthier. We saw how good they played against the Rams just, just a week ago, and Josh Allen just picked them apart. It was Cole Beasley in the first half, Stephon Diggs in the second half. It was really just all overall like a really impressive win on primetime for Buffalo. The way I see it, it's Mahomes in first. Wide wide margin, Rodgers in second, Grand Canyon, I'd put Josh Allen in third. But tonight was not an easy game for the uh, Bills. This is a Niners team that just won at the Rams last week. That's a good Rams team. They're leading the division. Um, but the Bills were just in cruise control all night. They, they from the beginning, um, Cole Beasley was outstanding. Stephon Diggs did his thing. And uh, Josh Allen was firing from all cylinders, so... That defense is also suffocating, so the Bills will be a threat going forward with uh, Pittsburgh next week. Yeah, I think most of the talk for the Bills right now shouldn't just be on how well the offense has played this season, but the defense the last couple of weeks have has been back, all, not back to its normal self, but getting back there. If you take out the last drive touchdown for the 49ers and you take off the first one, which they were able to start inside their five, 49ers allowed 10 points. They allowed 24 overall, but 10 major drive scoring touchdowns for the 49ers. And we saw last week they were able to get some turnovers against the Chargers. Um, they play, they got like four turnovers against Russell Wilson in Seattle. This defense is playing really good, and if they can roll that over into a good defensive performance next week on Sunday Night Football against the Steelers, I think this team can battle with the Chiefs at the AFC Championship. And that's huge for Buffalo because we know how good their defense was last year. And it the first uh, first couple months of this season, it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't up to that level. And momentum is real. We saw teams get hot and carry that all the way to a Super Bowl, most specifically Eli Manning two different times. But momentum is real. And if the way Buffalo's offense is going, you add in that a defense that is now getting hot, that is... That is a recipe for a team that's able to compete with Kansas City. I mean, with Kansas City, the way you compete with them is you keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. You got to have a good defense. And then, like I said, you keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, control time of possession. We almost saw Denver kind of keep that game close last night because they were able to run the ball. They didn't give up the huge plays. And if Buffalo's defense is wrapping into shape right now, that could be a real threat to Kansas City. I've never been on the Steelers. They're not bad. I just I feel like Buffalo, if this defense does take shape, could pass the Steelers as the number two threat in the AFC. You know what? I think Sean McDermott deserves a little more credit. I, I hardly ever hear people talking about him. 
Uh, if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't catch that Hail Mary against them a few weeks ago, they're on a six-game win streak, and they're a 10-win team right now. So I think they're uh, very well-disciplined. You can just tell watching them they're a very well-coached football team. They're consistent. And, uh, yeah, I think they're a major threat moving forward. And a quick note on the 49ers. Is there a shot they can sneak into that last spot in the NFC? It's definitely possible. Today really hurt their hopes, but it's possible because their next two games are against Washington and Dallas. Now, I know Washington is on a little bit of a roll, but it's still possible to beat Washington. We saw how they played early in the season, and then Dallas is really hurting right now. So it's possible to win those two games, coupled with the fact that, one, they have a big game against Arizona at the end of the year, so if they take that one, they can leapfrog them. And then Minnesota has to go to both Tampa Bay and New Orleans. And also we've seen them have trouble with Chicago in the past couple years as well. So those are three games that Minnesota could potentially lose. So as much as it hurts San Francisco to be now 5-7, and seven, the door is still open with how weak the backside of the NFC is, and just coupled with the fact that they have, I guess, the advantage, I would say, in terms of the last four games. And plus, they'll just keep continuing to get healthier. And we'll see now that Mostert's kind of back into the swing of things. Um, Sherman didn't play great tonight, but he played great a week ago. And um, Kyle Shanahan, we all know, is a great coach. Um, being Even though there were no fans, I think not being in Santa Clara is going to hurt them because everyone likes to just be able to go back to their home stadium, go back home. I think that will not help them, but there's definitely still a shot. All right, let's get into the second Monday night game. Big ups, probably the biggest upset of the week. The undefeated Steelers go down to the Washington football game team. Excuse me. And my take a couple weeks back of Washington winning the division could not be looking better right now. Yeah, that that take is still very much alive. Um, you can you can thank Greg Williams for turning that into the biggest upset of the week instead of the New York Jets winning a football game. But either way, it was. The way it kind of started, Pittsburgh was up 14 nothing. I think a lot of us kind of just expected um, Steelers kind of just put their foot on their necks, kind of just control the rest of the game. And, and Washington just kept kind of hanging around, and then we saw the big turnover in the second half, the, um, the Bostic interception. It, it was huge. Um, I think Washington's got a really good defense. We know Ron Revere's a good defensive coach. Alex Smith is playing turnover-free football, and that's been huge for them. And it's just crazy. Their best player, Terry McLaurin, had two catches for 14 yards, and yet they still beat the undefeated Steelers. We knew that the Steelers were vulnerable. In my opinion, this was bound to happen at some point. I didn't think there was any way they were going undefeated. But this is a good Washington team, especially in the second half of the season. That defense is legit. They have something with Alex Smith at the moment. He doesn't have much to work with, and he's not playing terrible. Um, And you know what? I know James Conner wasn't playing, but they completely took out that Steelers run game. It was non-existent. So, I mean, the Steelers are definitely beatable, and you could make a case that there is multiple AFC teams better than them at this point. People tend to forget, I think it was 2018 was the last full year Alex Smith was a starter. It was the year before Mahomes started. They were in for, oh. Um, the Alex Smith Chiefs, although I think that was the year they lost to the Titans in the first round, Alex Smith that year was an elite quarterback. He was in the MVP conversation. He was very good. He got traded then to Washington, and he ended up getting hurt, and we all know what happened after that. But I, even though he hasn't played in a couple years, we're, the last couple games, especially against Dallas, and we saw last night where he's playing turnover-free football, he's making the right reads, this is a team that I feel very confident in going forward. And like Ben mentioned, since the back half of the NFC, 
isn't very good. I might further my take. Washington, if they get in, might win a playoff game. Well, think about this. When you were talking about Alex Smith, I thought you were going to mention his first year in Washington until the injury. The Redskins at the time, they're the Redskins, but they were in first place in that division. He breaks his leg. You're not going to win any games with Mark Sanchez or Josh Johnson whoever took over, but they were in first in that division. And this team is probably better than that team. You have the Terry McLaurin was not there. Antonio Gibson is better than what Adrian Peterson was. And now you add in Chase Young and a better coach. I mean, this team is probably better than that team, which was in first place until the Alex Smith leg injury. Right. I mean, Alex Smith is probably not a Super Bowl quarterback at this point, but he's very ser- serviceable for what Washington does. Um, and we'll, for sure, it's going to come down to New York and Washington at this point. Um, we'll see, though. I'll tell you what, if Logan Thomas is not on fantasy rosters, he will be next week. He's going to be a hot pickup. He's been very good for them. And uh, did you see Alex Smith's leg bleeding? Yeah. There was was blood gushing out of his leg. That's a tough dude. It wasn't his surgery leg. It was the other one, thankfully. But that's a tough dude. And and you guys make a good point. Before his injury, he was playing at a very high level um, on the Chiefs, and he was doing well in Washington. So, I mean – I don't know if he's the guy going forward. At this point, he looks like he is for the time being. But, yeah, big things in Washington. They're, that's going to be a fun division to watch these next few weeks. I always kind of feel bad for Alex Smith because although he started off his career with the 49ers pretty bad, ever since around, I think it was 2010, that dec- that, that last decade, he's been a really good quarterback, but he's always going to be the quarterback taken before Aaron Rodgers. So he never really has a fair chance. I feel bad for the guy, but yeah, he's playing some good football. I don't think any of us would have given them the chance to be doing this right now after that injury. And um, like you said, Connie, he seems to be the answer for now. I don't know what they'll do for the future because Alex Smith is mid to late 30s, I believe, and it seems like they've given up on Dwayne Haskins. So we'll see what Washington does, but they've got a good thing going right now. I think the Ron Rivera hire was a good one. I think he is the easiest comeback player of the year choice ever. For sure. I mean, what he's come back from is incredible. I know Steelers fans, I want Big Ben to get it, but there's there's no chance. Alex Smith, I didn't think he I'd ever see him play a snap again, and they're playing winning football right now. It's, it's incredible. All right, let's go to the Sunday games. Let's start off with the Lions and the Bears, and oh, Mitchie Mitch. It's a shame watching that play from Mitch Trubisky where he fumbled because – so I didn't see that game live, so I actually went back to watch because I just couldn't believe what happened. I was like, they were up 10 with the ball, five minutes to go. I'm busy paying attention to the Vikings almost saw the game away. And all of a sudden I look up and the Bears are down 34-30. I'm like, what the heck happened? And I go back and watch. And it's just so painful because on that Mitch fumble, he had Montgomery out of the backfield and he had Daryl Mooney on a crosser. If he looks either their way, it's a first down, they continue to drive. He's looking so far to the left, who I have no idea was over there. I would assume it's Allen Robinson. But if he looks at either Mooney or Montgomery, it's a first down, drive keeps moving, Bears probably win that game. It's just so painful to watch because the last thing you can do there is take a turnover, and he stood in the pocket too long, and that's why he forced a fumble. I know it was a the way he was looking; it kind of was a blindside hit, but still, you got to get rid of the ball. Yeah, I agree, but you got to give Mitch some props. I mean, aside from that turnover, oh, yeah. he did play a really good game. Um, it's not all on Mitch, especially for that Bears offense. That's a really good game. It, two of his best games this year have been against the Lions. I know he always plays good against the Lions, but that was his first um, loss against them. Yeah. Uh, David Montgomery looked good as usual, um, but it, it that was that was the final start for Matt Nagy. Can we all agree on that? Yeah, I think He's, just Matt Nagy and the front office. Yeah, I mean Ryan Pace. I know a lot of Bears fans want Ryan Pace gone. They want Matt Nagy gone, rightfully so. 
it's just crazy how the uh, 2018 Coach of the Year winner is now maybe the coach most on the hot seat. I need to give a shout out to Pardon My Take because they talked about this on today's episode. Don't answer this, Donovan, because I think you listened to it. I did. Colin, do you know who was second in that Coach of the Year race? It had to have been Anthony Lynn. It was Anthony Lynn. So the Chargers won 12 games that year. The two that are won first and second for Coach of the Year rightfully should be gone after this year, which is You know is what? Wild. It's like you see this a lot um, when coaches, new coaches step into these uh, teams who are a little bit on the rise. They get the new coach higher. I saw this with the Raiders as well with Jack Del Rio. They're, you know, they're coming off shitty three, four win seasons. They get this new coach. They win seven games, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, playoffs next year. You saw it with, uh, you saw it with Matt Nagy. You saw it with Anthony Lynn. You saw it with Jack Del Rio, and maybe you're seeing it with Doug Peterson now. Uh, they lost Frank Reich, and the Eagles have gone downhill. So, I mean, you see this a lot. It's so tough to judge when these new coaches come into these new positions and succeed immediately. It's about stability. I mean, you see. Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers. They have stability. You see, um, what's another example? I mean, even though he's not as had as, as winning seasons, you could even point to Mike Zimmer. He's been in Minnesota for now six years. You could. I mean, he's not he's not the best coach in the NFL, but it's still stability. You know you know what you're going to get every year. I'm trying to – that was just off the top of my head because it's my favorite oh, team. Oh, uh, Sean McVay. Yep, I mean, the sure. Rams, new coach, you know, they make the Super Bowl – Next year, down to like nine wins, miss the playoffs, and here they are back in front of the division lead. Yeah. And, I mean, you guys pretty much said it all. The Bears front office needs to go. If they don't, Chicago will riot. Chicago loves their football. We know we're, we're from Chicago, but holy cow. They need to figure out their offensive I think offensive line is number one. Look at the last two games. The last two games of when the Bears have looked their best on offense. And it's partly because of Mitch Trubisky. He fits well in that style of offense. It is crazy to me. It took him that it took him a Nick Foles injury for Mitch to get another shot. But he does fit well in that uh offensive game plan. I don't think Mitch is going to be the answer, but it's you you need to go you need to start building something for the future. You need to start building an offensive line. Trade what all the pieces you have on your defense for something in the future. But, fun fact, I think in 2017, before Matt Nagy was the coach of the Bears, he was the coach of the Chiefs, Alex Smith was his quarterback. That's true. So, maybe the Bears should look Alex Smith's way. I would I would just start over. You know, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you what. If I'm praying, if the Bears choose to draft a quarterback, whether it's Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, whoever it may be, I pray that they get him in somewhat of an offensive line. Free agency, I don't know. They cannot just throw him out there like the Bengals did with Joe Burrow. We saw what happened. It was ugly. He played good himself, but, I mean, you can't put your rookie quarterback at risk like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was thinking about your coaching question, too. Um, Sean Payton went over my head, too. That's the definition of stability. Sean Payton, yeah. And we saw them have some up-and-down seasons and then turned around and they've been a playoff contender for, what, the last three or four seasons. Yeah, I, I sure we want to talk about Sean McVay later on. All right, let's go to the next game. J- Raiders and Jets. Raiders oh, and Jets. All right, Colin, why don't you start us off here? I'm just going to forget this game ever happened. I'm going to... I'm gonna pencil it in as a win and just move on I think the uh, my opinion on this would be so much different if we lost the game um, 
I'm looking at Derek Carr right now. He threw for 300-something yards. He was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks this week. Eye test, he did not play well that game. It's more than just the stats. He, It's more than just the stats. you got to watch the games. Derek Carr, I mean, he, he gets the job done, but it's hard for me to imagine the Raiders winning playoff games or even making an AFC championship when Derek Carr in big moments, if you look at the stats, he, he has some of the most game-winning drives in the past how many years out of all quarterbacks. I think He's it's last four list. or five, yeah. And, I mean, when you just – I think a large part of that is John Gruden because when you look at Derek Carr, he makes decisions three, four times a game where you're like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Especially um, in the red zone. The Raiders, the Jets, I mean, they've hung in there with some teams the past few weeks. They should not have been in that football game, especially for a Raiders team trying to bounce back after a terrible loss – trying to prove themselves as a worthy playoff candidate. Um, Henry Rugg saved their season. Greg Williams might have saved their yeah. season. Um, Mr. Heat. It Dr. was an embarrassment. Heat. Yeah. It was an embarrassment. I don't even want to talk about the game. One good takeaway is Darren Waller was magnificent. Um, they could not stop him. Nobody on, They tried putting like six different guys on him. They couldn't stop him. And another positive is we could be seeing Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram, Maybe even Trent Brown coming back next week in a must-win game against the Colts. So I, you just got to look at the positives after a after a game like that. Talking about Waller, the dude went off. I mean, I believe he's either three or four tight ends in NFL history have had two hundred plus receiving yards. I know the last time someone did it was Kittle against the Broncos a few years ago. But it's either three or four tight ends in all of NFL history who've had a two hundred plus yard receiving game. So just to do that is pretty insane. We know how athletic the guy is. But I'm on the same boat as you with Derek Carr. I mean, the stats look great, but seeing some of the plays he had, I mean, the play before the Rugs touchdown, it should have been one as well he, too. He had Nelson Aguilar was open, wide open back of the end zone, and he threw it out of the end zone. I feel like there's times where I see Derek Carr like step into a deep ball, and it's just like 15 yards over everyone's head. And you know what? I can't let John Gruden off the hook either. I mean, the same thing happened last year, and I gave him a, I gave him a pass because it was his second year with the team, I believe. And, you know, they, they started off great against some good teams, and they collapsed late in season in some big games. Um, it looked like it was happening again. They got uh, dis- obliterated by the Falcons last week, almost lost to the winless Jets. Uh, it makes me question John Gruden a little bit. I mean, it's becoming a trend now, I um, think, him doing this late in seasons. I think the Raiders need to go to the NFL schedule makers and, pr- and just pray that they don't schedule them for a noon East Coast game late in the season because we've seen now last oh, yeah. year and this year they just fall flat on their face if it's like week 13 on and they've traveled the East Coast like get and them get them out of the way early and then let us stay West Coast I don't know what it is it's I mean last year and this year their front half of the schedule was loaded with tough games and then in the middle of the schedule they have some easier games and then they play some easier teams late in the season and it's almost like it's not as big of a game in their heads and they're just not trying as hard they're not preparing as tough I mean, they're maybe going in expecting to just come yeah. out with a win, and it's it, the results aren't coming out. Right you're now. you're completely right about the front half being a gauntlet because each of the last two years, I mean, they were six and three this year. I believe last year they were like six and five somewhere around six there. Six and four, yeah. Where they make it through the gauntlet with five hundred to bed, they're like, okay, we survived, and then they're like, oh, well, if we can go six and four against like eight of the best ten teams in the NFL, let's cruise to the back half and we'll end ten and six. Last year they fell out of the playoffs after the embarrassing loss at New York, and then. They're still alive right now, but were a single high coverage on a Hail Mary away from being 6-6 six and six and 
on the outside looking Basically in. Basically out of the that yeah. was that was the season. With how with how competitive the AFC is, that would have likely that would have been the nail in the coffin. And you know what? If we if we beat the Colts next weekend, we're back. Raiders are back. Just forget about what happened. Wait, but is it in Indy or is it in it's, Vegas? It's in Vegas. Okay. Um, but this is a Colts. This is a very physical Colts team. They can run the ball down their throats if they want to. They have different guys. They have Jonathan Taylor back. Um, and the Raiders just let up over 200 rushing yards to the Jets. So it does worry me. I'm scared. I don't think we're going to win. We need to get healthy. That's all I got. Is Josh Jacobs going to be back next week? Do we know? I'm ex- I mean, he was questionable coming into this week, but Gruden in his uh, presser today said he he's not confident Jacobs or Abram will be back next week. I've been hearing Trent Brown's coming back all year long, and they're saying next week's going to be the week. So I hope it is. I have no faith that any of these guys are coming back. Um, but they need Josh Jacobs if they want to beat the Colts. How were you all on the ground game yesterday? Because I knew... It was bad. I thought you all were going to be able to pick it up. Because Booker's not a terrible running back. We saw how good he did against Denver. Right. But I, I looked at the end of the game, and I saw almost nothing out of y'all on the ground. So I just wanted to ask, because I didn't see all of it. Booker had one run of about 15 yards, and the rest was just putrid. They okay. could They were getting one, maybe two yards every time they ran the ball. It was hard to watch. They had no run game whatsoever. And uh, really, the play that kind of flipped the game over, they had a 23-14 lead or something, um, and they were driving, and Ruggs fumbled the ball. I mean, he made up for it at the end of the game, but it's just, if you are if you want to win games, you can't have costly, dumb turnovers like that. And I know we've, we've been talking about the Raiders for a while, but is there, like, one thing as a fan that you can point to just be like, why does this keep happening for now two or three years ago? Like, I know you talked about Gruden, like his his coaching style, but is there just like why do you think? Because we've we've noticed it's a trend where this yeah. happens late in the year with them. Yeah, I mean it's one thing I will say about the offense is there's drops. There's a lot of drops. Um, I mean Nelson Aguilar is known as a guy to drop footballs. There's a lot of drops. It's Henry Ruggs. It's everybody. Um, they don't have one star receiver. I think the loss of Tyrell Williams at the beginning of the year is hurting. Um, and another thing I want to point to is. I'm kind of shocked that the Raiders defensive coordinator still has a job. I don't want to, I'm not one to just comfort people's jobs like that, but it's been so bad over the past two years and they've acquired talent. I mean, they it got Corey, they, it shouldn't be this bad. They've had some bright spots like Trayvon Mullen, a corner out of Clemson second year. He's playing very well, but they have guys like free agent Corey Littleton coming off a couple great seasons with the Rams, Pro Bowl caliber, supposed to be the Kelsey stopper and he is struggling big time. So it's just things like that. Um, they can't get pressure. It's 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 tough to watch that defense. I All think right. a change needs to happen. I want to mention a couple things about the Jets. One, Greg Williams, Dr. Heat. Um, getting fired, I'm surprised it took this long, but I think Greg Williams deserves a Coach of the Year vote for – Outthinking everyone on sending a zero blitz the last two plays of the games to out to I don't I'm I'm forgetting the words on how to say this, but um Greg Williams thinking of that way to lose is perfect. The Jets want Trevor Lawrence, they're gonna draft him. Trevor Lawrence I don't think he's gonna wanna be a Jet. 
especially with their reputation. But <laughs> the money will change his mind. The money will definitely change his mind in the big market. Real quick, the Schefter tweet this morning, that was the first time since 2006 out of, I believe, like 200-some Hail Mary attempts where someone has ran covers or covers whatever it's called cover zero. either yeah cover yeah. zero a blitz that's the no first safety. time that's the first time that's happened in almost 15 years out of 200 some Hail Mary attempts which is insane yeah. and you know what I'll tell you what it wasn't just that play or the play before the whole game you could tell that was a very poorly coached defense they could not tackle they they couldn't do anything they were getting some pressure um in the third quarter and I th- I honestly think that's uh due to the loss of our tackle and guard um, but you could just tell watching them, it's it's a poorly it's a very poorly ran football team on both sides of the ball. A change needed to happen. Um, I don't think Greg Williams' fire was just because of that last play, but his his players were attacking him after the game. So you got to make a change. You really have no choice. All right, I want to go on to the next game. Last last thing. Last thing. I okay. honestly think the only reason Adam Gase is still left is because they know he is their best chance at completing the 0-16 tank. I think the they tank. know if, <laughs> the they, get, if they if they have an interim head coach for the last four games, that dude, because we see interim coaches all the time, it'll be some weird switch or slipped and they'll win like two of three. We've seen it with um in, in Atlanta. Who's yeah, got, it's, it's a spark plug. Yeah, so I, th- I honestly, like I'm being serious, I think the only reason they're keeping him is just because they know that that's their best chance, especially with a one-win Jaguars team competing for that pick. Like they know this is a franchise talent at the number one overall pick. We gotta go into. I wanted the Jets to fire Case probably four or five weeks ago, and I wanted to see Greg Williams get that interim coaching job, but obviously we're not going to see that. So the next game, Eagles and Packers. Obviously Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they were amazing. But I think the big takeaway from this game is. Is Jalen Hurts the new starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, I just talked about a spark plug. Jalen Hurts was that spark plug. We see this a lot in the league. Jalen Hurts can do more than Carson Wentz on his legs. He can extend plays. Um, I think a big thing for Wentz recently, it's been a mental game. He has made a lot of mental mistakes. Um, it's, it's, It's incredible. He has that large contract, and now they're in a terrible spot where they're like, what the hell do we do? And that contract hasn't even started yet. He's still on his rookie deal, it's, which is insane. They're in a terrible situation right now with Carson Wentz. And they are starting to get more healthy on offense. He's getting his weapons back. He has Miles Sanders. He has Dallas Goddard back. He has um, Rieger back. Does he have Jackson? Is Deshaun, Jackson I think Jackson's out for the year. But either okay. way, the excuses are running out. Yeah, they're running out. I mean, we see quarterbacks do more with less. He has a competent head coach. At least we think so. And they're... <sighs> It's debatable. <laughs> I think we're realizing how big Frank Reich was for that a- team. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's running out of excuses. Jalen Hurts, uh, he got them somewhat back into that game. He made it a one-possession game at one point late in the fourth quarter. So, it's – I mean, if I'm the Eagles, I don't see any other choice than starting Jalen Hurts next week. I don't think there's any way that should have got to 20-13 to 13 at some point. I mean, good on Jalen Rager on the punt return. That dude is under so much scrutiny – because his front office pass on Jeff- Justin Jefferson, which isn't even Drager's fault. Yeah, and you know what? He's been out the whole year. He hasn't yeah, had a chance to prove himself. It's, I mean, it's just the recency bias with you seeing how good Jefferson's been, and most people don't even know that Rager's been hurt the whole year, so they see yeah. that he's done nothing, and it's led to so much scrutiny. But with the whole Carson Wentz hurt thing, hurts thing, I know we saw the report a couple of days ago that part of the mental thing for Wentz has been hurts over his shoulder. 
with Carson Wentz, the dude has gotten hurt so much. I feel like the Eagles had to at least have a competent backup, which is why I don't understand why it's throwing off his mental game so much. I think I feel like that would motivate me more. Obviously, I I don't know what Carson Wentz is thinking or feeling, but like, dude is one of the most injury prone quarterbacks in the NFL. I think the Eagles had to at least get something at backup. Nate Sudfield or Josh McCown wasn't the answer. I feel like that that Seattle playoff game last year, if Hertz is on that team, they may still lose, but I think Hertz would have done a better job than Josh McCown did. Oh yeah. And um I don't know who the Eagles play this upcoming week, but it'll be a very interesting to follow. I think the only problem is I think the worst possible thing the Eagles could do is keep switching back and forth. Eagles play the Saints. Yeah, you know, oh, they have a game against the Saints. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Taysom Hill. That, that'll be very that interesting. That would be very interesting. And you know what? They're a game and a half uh, back of the Giants and the Washington football team. Uh, if, if Dallas wins tomorrow, they're in last place. They have absolutely no excuse to be in last place in that division. They have no excuse to not be winning that division. So, I mean, maybe you guys are right. Maybe we need to start questioning Doug Peterson because I feel like that team has a little too much talent to be, what, 3-8-1 and one now? Um, it's embarrassing. It's a joke. Uh, the Eagles are a complete dumpster fire. I think knowing Philly fans, I think Doug Peterson, at the rate he's at, is probably a year away from being in the same conversation as Matt Nagy and Al- or, uh I think I I don't know about that. I feel like I feel like Peterson is a smart coach. I don't I feel like some of the things Wentz does he can't totally control. Yes, there are very questionable decisions out of Peterson. I don't know if I would put him in that category. I don't think you can get all the way to winning a Super Bowl as a yeah. Matt Nagy type well, coach. Well, we're seeing that. I mean, you guys just said a lot of that seems to be on Frank Wright. I know. It's, I'm, I'm like in between because I don't think he's a great coach, but I don't think he's bad enough to be fired yet. I've, I, I feel like if Frank Reich or not Frank, if if Doug Peterson were to be fired, he would get a new job very fast. We saw Adam Gase get hired for a second time. I mean, like I don't necessarily know if if he is the main problem. When we compare him to a guy like Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy has what is should be maybe the best defense in the NFL. They have enough talent where they can easily be the number one defense in the league. Um, and ever since he's given up his offensive play calling, the Bears' offense has been a little bit better. Maybe that's the Mitch Trubisky effect, but, I mean, Doug Peterson isn't really working with the kind of talent that the Bears have, at least on one side of the ball. So I, it's a little tough to compare that, but you're right. They, I mean, it's Philly. They're not going to tolerate that. They need to see results soon. And quick note on the Packers. It, this all can change. This is all can change. A while ago, I had the Rams as my pick to uh, represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I think I'm going to change it. And I think this depends on how Breeze plays when he comes back with the Saints. Mm-hmm. But right now, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, sneaky, had a pretty good game this week too. I think the Packers are the team to beat in the NFC right now. I would love to see a matchup between New Orleans and Green Bay again in the playoffs because I feel like it would go – I feel like it wouldn't be as more as towards Green Bay as it was in a Week 3 matchup. I feel like the Saints now are a lot better of a team than they were back in Week 3. First of all, they have Michael Thomas now, which they didn't. Um, it's tough for me to pick a Green Bay because I don't – like that game was close yesterday for a while. As bad as the Eagles' offense was, that game was a one-score game. We saw Green Bay play close against – Jacksonville barely squeaked one out. They lost to Minnesota. I mean, 
Green Bay's a very good football team. Don't get me wrong. They've got the NFC North locked up. They'll probably go into the playoffs as the number two seed. It's just tough for me because I'm I'm still until New Orleans just falls off the track. I think I think I'm going to go New Orleans right now. Although here's the thing: New Orleans plays Kansas City in I believe two weeks. We yeah. see this happen all the time in New Orleans. They'll beat Kansas City and they will go in so hot and they'll they peak too early and they'll lose in the division round. So okay. we'll see. You know what, though? I think when you compare the Saints and the Packers, I think the Saints are definitely the better team, in my opinion. I think they're easily the better team. But I can't trust their quarterback situation right now. As decent as Taysom Hill is playing, I can't trust him in a playoff game if he starts. If Drew Brees starts coming off 11 cracked ribs, I can't trust him either. So I'm going to have to see more out of that quarterback. i got to learn more about that situation but I think the Saints overall have the better team. Their defense has, over the past five weeks, I did the math, they're, uh, they're letting up 8.8 points a game. Their defense that, is sneaky. That game. is pretty incredible. They 16 points yesterday was the most they've let up in five weeks. We can we can throw out the Broncos game because that doesn't really – I think we all know yeah, that, that doesn't that's, really – That's either, true. That's either true. way, their defense has still been really the good. The other four games, their defense has been incredible. For sure. Um, much improved from the beginning of the season. I mean – I, I can't remember. They played the Bucks. They played the Raiders. I can't remember. They played the Packers. They went up like 37. They went up like 34 to the Raiders. So their defense is much improved. It's been fantastic down the stretch. All right, let's go to the Rams and the Cardinals. Rams, good comeback win after losing at home to the Niners. And the Cardinals, I mean, what is it? Outside of the, the Hail Mary, the Hail Murray, um, is that a six-game losing streak? They've lost five out of the last six. I think it's something like that. The Cardinals you might be right. are struggling hard right now. And, I mean, if you take out the Hail Mary, they're in kind of that Chicago Bears territory where they really started out hot and then shit has hit the fan at a rapid pace lately. And I don't think this Cardinals team, because the knock on the Cardinals coming into the season was battle line, bad defense, and we're starting to see that now the last couple of weeks. And I don't think this Cardinals team is going to last in the playoffs. You're right. These uh, If they make it there. If, well, yeah, if, yeah, they're in danger right now. They're on the outside looking in. Um, you're right, though. The, those knocks that we had on them at the beginning of the season, they're starting to catch up to them. And we see this a lot with young teams when they start off hot like this. Um, it's, hard, it's really tough to maintain it, especially with a young head coach as well. Um, young quarterback. It's tough to maintain success, especially in maybe the best division in football. So I can't say I'm surprised, but, I mean, watching them against the Rams, I think the Rams had the ball twice as long as the Cardinals did. The Rams might have had the ball for 40 minutes. It feels like the Cardinals... I might have are, to check that. It feels like the Cardinals are a big play offense, so that kind of, I feel like, would somewhat explain why they are losing the time of possession battle. But I don't... I feel like Cliff Kingsbury hasn't taken a leap forward in year two as a play caller as I had hoped to. I don't think he's made some very good decisions, especially in this losing streak. I feel like he was good in year one. I feel like a lot of us expected it to go to new levels with this offense in year two. And it's been good. I just don't feel like they've lived up to their potential. The defense is a major problem. They're giving up points at a very alarming rate. Right. And, I mean, yeah, I, I, the Rams had the ball 39 minutes compared to the Cardinals 21. It's hard to win football games like that um, when you hardly have the ball in your hands. It's 
the Rams are a really good football team. And Sean McVay deserves a ton of credit. Uh, Jared Goff is not an elite quarterback, but he's getting it done. Um, they're starting to develop somewhat of a run game. I, Cam Akers might be their guy. Um, him and Daryl Henderson have both flashed uh, moments this year. Uh, the receiving core is awesome. Uh, Bob Woods, Cooper Cup. But, and then the Rams might have the best secondary in the NFL. It's The Rams it's, all around have very little holes. They do. They're a very uh, well-built football team, and they're a well-coached football team. They, Like I said, they might have the best secondary in the league, led by Jalen Ramsey. Uh, it's pretty incredible. They, DeAndre Hopkins had like 52 yards last night, which is a not a great game for him. And no other receiver could really get anything going. Um, the only other receiver with a catch, I believe, was Andy Isabella, and Christian Kirk had one. So... It's 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 tough. The Rams are a very good football team. I'll be completely honest. Around this time last year when the Rams were very mediocre, they did just it was sometime around this time when they got blown out by Baltimore last year. I think most of yeah. us remember that. And then I was looking at the Rams and I'm like, Todd Gurley is not the same guy. Golf does not look like the superstar that he was on track to be. They don't have a first round pick because they gave it up and they don't have a lot of salary cap. And in a very good offseason, they kind of flipped into the team that they are now where they play great defense and Sean McDay is just a really good coach. I feel like Sean McVay's offense is what Matt Nagy wants his to be, but just is not smart enough to pull it off. You see a lot of play action, crossers, yeah. screens. There was a really nice, well-designed screen play yesterday. And it's very well run and it's perfect for Jared Goff. And I feel like Matt Nagy wants to do that. He's just not a good enough coach to pull it off and doesn't have the offensive line to pull it off. But Sean McVay never lost a game leading at halftime. Major props to him. Outside of whatever it is against Kyle Shanahan, he is an awesome coach. I know they're going to want revenge this week against New England too, so I'm know, sure, I'm sure team, they're thinking about it. This team should be viewed as a threat um, to win the NFC. I, I mean, they, they might be the most all-around uh, best team in the NFC. If you, if you think about it, what's their, their glaring weakness? I mean, they don't have a stud running back, but the way right. the system they run, I don't know if you need one. Right. And, the, and I mean, those young guys together, they get it done. I they're, mean, they're 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 both solid. Yeah. Whitworth hasn't been a big of a loss for them as I thought it would be. I thought that would be yeah. big for them because he's a great left tackle. But so far, they've been able to get around it. I don't know what defensive lines they've faced in that period of time. I know they got New England on Thursday, which is not a great defensive line. And then I don't know about the three after that. But good on them because just that, that top to bottom, that is a well well run team and not where I thought they would be at at this time a year ago. They play. Patriots, Jets, Seahawks, Cardinals. And I can't – there's not one stud defensive end that's going to penetrate the left side of the offensive line for the Rams. So, I mean, it'll be different potentially in the playoffs. But, yeah, good on good on Sean McVay because he knows how to run an offense. He knows what Jared Goff, his weaknesses are. And it's wild that they throw the ball so much every game. But still, they call the perfect offense. Cooper Cup is an awesome receiver as well. Oh, yeah. All right, next game. Broncos and Chiefs. Now, I don't know if this is just the Chiefs playing close games in divisional play, but, you know, in divisional play, games tend to always be somewhat close. But, uh, but, uh, the Broncos kept it very close. And is there a script out there to beat the Chiefs? I don't think so. I really don't. I think this is literally just Kansas City's board. 
Like they have, they've lost one game in like the last like year, and they're just. Yeah. And it's the thing is, Kansas City usually have like they'll hit one or two just cannon deep balls a game, and they they should have if Andy Reid challenges the play, they hit that one in them early on. Yeah. Where if they hit those two deep balls, they win that game easily. Instead, it becomes close. So I just think it's like, I don't think that there's a. I think we all know the way to beat them is keep the bottom of Mahomes' hands, but I don't think this game last night changed anything. Crazy thing is if if Drew Locke plays like a decent quarterback last night, Denver might win that game. Um, but yeah, I just think I just think Kansas City's bored. I mean, we like Tyree kills doing flips into the end zone like they don't mm-hmm. care. I feel like there were some people mad at that this morning. It's just like they don't care anymore. Like they're they're they have one loss. Right. I mean, their, their division's wrapped up, so good win for them. It shows, like, they don't, they, they're don't they not even trying, it looks like, and they still can win football games. They're right. just so talented. The Broncos are very banged up on defense. They don't have uh, Vaughn Miller. Who's the other guy they're missing? Um, uh, it's not Chubb, is it? Or no, Chubb's playing. It's uh, They're missing They're missing someone else. You're right. I, I, don't, I don't remember who, but they are missing someone else. But Vic Vangio, give him credit. He coaches a hell of a good defense. And even though this league is driven by offensive coordinators and offensive head coaches, I think Vic, he's going to stay in this league a long time, I think, being a head coach. The only issue I think that's keeping the Broncos away from being taking that next step is their offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer. He did not do good as no. head coach with the Giants. Uh, Danny Dimes can vouch for that. But... Uh, I think if they can find an offensive coordinator, whether they get, you know, maybe a Matt Nagy who may not be a coach at the end of this year or, you know, pick up a guy from college, I think they're an offensive coordinator away from being, I think, a potential contender. Also staying healthy I think is huge for them. I mean, they don't even have – they don't have Corlin Sutton. Like you said, Von Miller hasn't played a snap this year. Um also, it's it's weird for me with the whole Shermer thing because Shermer was the offensive coordinator, making Case Keenum look fantastic for Minnesota. And I don't think it's unfair to say that both Daniel Jones and Drew Locke probably have more raw talent than Case Keenum does, and yet his offense with those two quarterbacks has been terrible, which is really weird. I know he wasn't good in Cleveland before Minnesota either, so I guess Minnesota was just a fluke. But um, I think you're right. I don't think Pat Shermer makes it past this year. They know they have a good defensive coach in Fangio because they're missing guys and they can still stop people. Um, well, the first time these two teams played, it was just a weird game. We had the, the pick six and the special teams touchdown. Right. So even then, it was, the it, was, it was still good defense by Vic Fangio. So he at least knows how to compete with the Chiefs defensive-wise. It's just can they put something together on offense because – if you can get all, like like I said, the Chiefs didn't hit their big long ball plays. They didn't score a ton of touchdowns. And you still couldn't find a way to come out with a victory is, is what the problem is. And it's just because their offense was really, they had two touchdowns, but it was it was not a good not a good enough. And you know what? If we talk about how do you beat the Kansas City Chiefs, we have, they've lost once this year. They've had a couple close games this year that they almost lost. Um, you know, the Raiders, Panthers, uh, Chargers early in the year. If you're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you not only need to score 30-plus, because, I mean, they have Mahomes, they have Kelsey, they have Edwards Hilaire, they have Tyreek Hill, Andy Reid, they're going to score points. They're going to score about 30 every game. You're going to have to score more than 30. 
You're going to have to outscore them. And you're also going to have to get some pressure on Mahomes. You're going to have to force Mahomes to make a mistake. You're going to have to make him uncomfortable, which is hard to do. You get some hands in his face. He likes to sling it. If you can make Mahomes a little bit uncomfortable, force at least one turnover, and you put up those points, that's how you beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Is there a team in the league that can do that in the in a playoff game? New Orleans, uh, if they were to meet in the Super Bowl, I feel like New Orleans can. New Orleans has a good defensive line. Um, Cameron but, Jordan's a good defensive end. But can New Orleans outscore the Chiefs? I mean, if you get if if they get the offense going with Alvin Kamara the way it was early in the year, where Kamara was going off, I think they could. I think it is tough though because there are like what. I mean, I guess the Bills have scored a lot of points as well, but it's, I don't know. You're, I feel like the if, Chiefs are by far the favorite. If you saw an AFC championship game in late January, Chiefs, Bills, even in the cold weather, possible snow, that game is going to be a shootout. Two, I mean, probably the two best young, talented quarterbacks we have throwing the ball wise playing against each other. We're going to see a shootout. We're going to see a lot of deep touchdowns. That's going to be an entertaining game, but I think you're right. I think the one shot, actually, I'm going to throw another team out there. The two teams that can possibly beat the Chiefs in the AFC are the Bills and the Steelers. I know the Steelers have, you know. I think the Titans could too, but go on. The Titans possibly, but I think the Steelers, the way they're built, set up, they can keep the ball away from Mahomes on on offense. Big Ben throws a lot of short passes. They don't have a very good deep ball game, but a lot of short passes keep the clock running. That can keep Mahomes off the field. And on defense, the Steelers still have one of the best defenses in the league. Without Bud Dupree, he's going to hurt, but I think that's a team that can compete. I'm just not bought into that Steelers offense. Even with James Conner, I'm not sold on him yet. i got to see more out of that offense. And you're right, Buffalo, the Bills can't put up a ton of points. Their offense has been awesome this year. And their defense, although it hasn't been great, it's capable. I think you're right about that. Um, The Tennessee Titans, as we saw this week, their defense is very vulnerable. It has not been nearly as good as it was last year, in my opinion. And, I mean... If you're the Titans, you can run the ball down their throats. You can make them uncomfortable. But last year, when they played Kansas City, they could not get the run game going whatsoever. I mean, that Chiefs defensive line really stepped up last year. You you made a prediction of, uh, was it 50 yards or something? I did. I was terribly wrong. But, um, yeah. I, did did was... Henry have a good game last year against the Steelers? Or the Chiefs? I don't remember. I don't remember. I just know in the second half of that game, Kansas City City really took over, and the Titans could not put up points. All right, next game. I think we can go over this quick because we talked a little bit about the Saints, but the Saints-Falcons, Taysom Hill actually throwing the ball for once didn't look half bad, and the Falcons continue to do Falcon things. There's not a whole lot to say here. I mean, it's literally like – Exactly how the Saints have been winning football games. I mean, more passing out of Taysom Hill than usual, but still, he was running. He had like a 40-yard run. Kamara had a rushing touchdown. You had Taysom Hill's touchdown pass to a wide-open um, Traquan Smith. Falcons fought back in at the end, but then 
I don't the third and one run to Gurley that lost like eight yards. So yeah. there's it, there was nothing special about this game. It got close at the end, but it really just felt like the Saints were in control the whole way. Yeah, right. I agree. Taysom Hill threw his first touchdown pass. That's really my only takeaway. Thomas did his thing. Kamara did his thing. Um, not too much excitement. The Falcons receivers did have themselves a good game, but they had no run game whatsoever. The score, the score shows that it was closer than what it actually like right. felt like. The, 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 t- the Saints were in complete control of that game yeah. from the start. All right, and then I think the game of the week that no one will remember, Dolphins-Bengals, <laughs> who cares? No one it's, cares. It's, 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 my only takeaway from this game is the Dolphins' defense and special teams is pretty outstanding, oh, especially your special I team. do have a takeaway. I love the kicker play on the goal line. I hope they run that at least once or twice every single season. Jason Sanders will be a folklore of a fantasy kicker if he can score like one or two touchdowns every year. That's my takeaway. The refs taking that away was completely bogus. It's a shame. I don't care if it was it was an illegal formation. Is either that or illegal shift? Illegal shift. I don't care. You can't. Kicker that touchdown. Should be, that should be in the the rule of referees. You can't take that away. Brandon Kicker Allen touchdowns, you can't game. take them away, no matter what. They uh, could have 13 guys on the field. I don't care. All right, another game. Colts-Texans, not much. Two, uh, two points in the second half. Yeah. Uh, the Texans should have won that game. Yeah, the Deshaun Watson... I don't, what was it? Was it a fumble? Or it, was a a fumble. Fumble. it was a fumble. It wasn't a great snap, but yeah, the fumble. Yeah, once again, not not much. I think most of us expected the Colts to win. Um, maybe not by, what was it, only... 26-20. Like, yeah, six. Six the points. Touchdown I think the under hit on that, too, just because there were two points scored in the second half. You would have yeah. thought 24-20 at halftime, over is going to hit. And then anyone who took the over, I bet, was screaming... At their TV. And you know what? The Steelers running backs have themselves a, uh, big games. Jonathan Taylor, uh, he had 91 rushing and a receiving touchdown. Naeem Hines had, uh, he had a, he had a touchdown or two. The running backs showed up. T.Y. Hilton had his best game since 2018. It's been a while. Around. Hopefully, hopefully that gets T.Y. in a groove because he's not the receiver he once was, but he's been, he's too good to have like, 10 catches over like a four or five game span. He's a lot better than what they've been using him as. So hopefully that gets him in a groove. And then we got the next game, Patriots-Chargers. Um, What the is, hell is, happened? Is Anthony Lynn fired yet? Coaching mismatch of the week. I don't think there is a worse outside of maybe Gase-Belichick matchup than Belichick-Anthony Lynn. There was no chance from the start. Um, As good as Herbert's game, as good as Herbert has been, this is really the first time I can think of where I was like, okay, he's a rookie. Like he's looked so good, and then this game just was like the rookie mistakes, like the, the picks, the interceptions that you normally see out of rookies. This was really the first time where I can clearly remember watching, and be like, yeah, he looks like a rookie. Not to take anything away from how good he's been this season, it's down to him and Jefferson for rookie of the year. I I think, but um, yeah, the complete mismatch. It's it's hard not to score a point in a football game nowadays. Nine different Patriots caught a pass in that game. Complete Patriots-style win. And I you know mean, what? They didn't even have 300 yards of offense, and they had 45 points. They had about 40 more yards of offense than the Chargers did. It's, I think they had more 
yards on their punt returns than the Chargers had on offense. I would not. They had to. It's wild because as, even though the Chargers have a really bad record, they have plenty of weapons on offense. You got Eckler, you got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is a decent wide receiver. And they've been too. in a lot of games. I think, I think it's this and the Bills game, the yeah. only games that they haven't been decided by having one score. No one expected them to put up zero points. The Patriots defense is not world beaters. I Like you said, it's hard to not score a touchdown in the NFL these days. I've, it's it's just wild. Yeah, the Patriots lost so much of their defense to free agency, and I think they had more players opt out due to COVID than any other team in the NFL. So it's a complete embarrassment for the Chargers. They, I know they have tremendous respect for Anthony Lynn. They're going to wait till the off season to reevaluate him and their head coach uh, spot. But complete embarrassment. I mean, this Chargers team started off the year competing with every team, almost beating the Chiefs. Um, to this, so it's it's really gone downhill fast for the Patriots now. This week is huge for them because they're six and six. I don't think they own. I guess they own the tiebreaker over the Raiders. They did beat the Raiders, but tiebreaker wise, it's tough for them. So they they really need to beat this Rams team. It will not be easy for them at all. Um, although we saw how Belichick dominated McVay um, in that Super Bowl coaching wise, so we'll see if that happens again here on Thursday night. But this is huge for New England. They are going to need to beat the Rams, and they need the Raiders to beat the Colts because, like you said, they have that tiebreaker. That Mm -hmm. will be their chance to sneak into the playoffs. Next game, uh, Ben, I'll let you start off with this one. Jags and Vikings. I don't think really anyone expected this to be one of the big games in the witching hour. Vikings were, what, I think nine-and-a-half-point favorites, and they had won four of the last five coming in. And it's the Jacksonville Jaguars with one win. I think most people expected Dalvin Cook to have a day, Vikings receivers against that Jags secondary to go off, which they did, but they didn't expect the defense to give up 24 points in a turn. I mean, Glennon wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. He moved the ball on them. You had the pick six on whatever the screenplay was where Cook didn't turn around. It was just, it was a weird game because there were a lot of just like bad coaching plays. Glennon fumbled. There was a tipped pass that came into an interception, a safety. It was just all over the map. I don't know how to really even explain this game. Like with the Raiders, if if the Vikings can find a way to beat Tampa next week, I will forget that this game happened. They won. It wasn't as dire down to the wire as it was for Vegas, but game-winning field goal in overtime is not at all where this game should have went to. It is mind-boggling that the Vikings are in a playoff spot right now. And it's also mind-boggling to think that if the Bears beat the Lions like they should have, they're also tied for a playoff spot. So the NFC wild card is kind of a mess right now. Um, but all you really need is if you're one of those teams, the Vikings-Cardinals, you just got to get hot at the end of the season, sneak your way in, and uh, you got a shot. For the Vikings, I think it's all going to hinge on they have, I believe it's seven new like young defensive players. And some of them have looked really well, and others have just looked completely lost at times. So they need to step up. This offense has plenty of weapons. We know how good Cook is. Jefferson's putting up one of the best rookie receiver seasons ever. And since the bye, which I believe is now in six games, Kirk Cousins has thrown two interceptions. So he has really turned his season around after at one point he was leading the league in interceptions. So we know the offense can step up. It's just whether... I mean, the old guys for the Minnesota defense is Harrison Smith and Eric Hendricks, who missed yesterday's game, and that is it. The rest is rookies, second-year guys, who Cameron Dancer played great yesterday for them, but then on the other hand, there's corners from Minnesota who just simply cannot cover. 
So whether they make a run and find a way to upset either the Saints or the Buccaneers is dependent on just someone on that defense figuring out how to play good football. You know, as we know, um, none of those teams in the NFC are unbeatable. They're all very beatable. For all sure. those top teams. So if you can get in the playoffs, you've got a shot. You've got a shot. I think I think Saints fans have to be praying that they get that number one seed and the bye and not Green Bay because if they fall to the two seed, they're looking at a matchup with potentially Minnesota in round one, which I'm sure scares a lot of Saints fans based on how the last two matchups has went. And you know, I look at it the same way in the AFC. Um, all those teams fighting for those last playoff spots, they all have their strengths to the point where they could get that seven seed and knock off the two seed. Which sure. is looking like it, if it's Pittsburgh, they obviously um, they have their weaknesses. Kansas City's, I mean, that would be a very tough team to beat, but they have their weaknesses. I mean, their, their defense isn't great. Their secondary is definitely uh, beatable. You can score on them. So it'll be interesting to see. The only other note I had on this game was Mike Glennon. I think over the last two games has bought him probably three, four more years as a backup quarterback. <laughs> he's he's definitely shown that there is at least an ounce of talent there. He had some okay passes. He also missed what would have been a third down conversion to Chark that turned into a game-ending interception for Harrison Smith. He's played so well, maybe the Bears should consider signing him. That would... <laughs> I, I wonder how he would do in Chicago. I feel like that'd be an interesting fit, something we've never seen before. Yeah. Gruden might be trying to get him back. <laughs> All right. Um, the final game on the slate, and I wanted to save this one for last, Browns-Titans. And I want to start off by apologizing. We all I, do last, apologize. Our last episode, we I think we pretty much shit on the Browns All so th- they don't have oh, a yeah. shot. All three of us left them out of our playoff picture. I I want to start off by saying this. Cleveland... Even I think I mentioned this a while ago. Cleveland, they can run the hell out of the ball. Oh yeah, and they didn't need to yesterday. Nick Chubb coming back has been so huge for them. They're a completely different football team. Yeah, and I think with Miles Garrett, their defense sneaky solid, sneaky solid. They can, I mean, they shut down Derrick Henry in the middle of Tractor Cedo season. If that doesn't throw up red flags for any possible a possible playoff matchup, I mean, we could. If the Browns at nine and three, I think I could be wrong. They have the number one wild card spot. Um, if they do, that's a potential matchup with uh, the Bills or the Titans. And if I'm the Bills, I don't want to play the Browns. And if I'm the Titans, I sure as shit don't want to play the Browns again. So we could not only see Cleveland making the playoffs, Cleveland has a shot to win a playoff game. And I I, I mentioned this the other day as a five seed. If Cleveland gets in our five seed. There is potential for them to win a playoff game, and then if another upset happens, host a second-round game, which is even more wild to think about. In Cleveland, just pretty much shut down Derrick Henry yesterday, which is very hard to do. We've seen very little teams do that. I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Cleveland has a sneaky good defense. Um, Miles Garrett, we talked about on the last episode, as a defensive player of the year candidate. When he's on the field for that team, he is really good. We've seen that for them. And I think Baker... I know the Titans' past events isn't the best, but when you throw as many touchdowns as he did in the first half alone and how good he looked, I feel like that had to put a lot of um, doubters at least to rest a little bit. It's another big game next Monday night for Cleveland. That's going to be huge for them. But it was not at all what I expected for Cleveland. And now, like you said, I think they're – it would take a pretty big collapse for them to not end up with one of those wild-card spots. 
And overall, just the job that Kevin Stefanski's done as well. Can't forget him. He has been perfect for Cleveland. Thank you for listening to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I'm Donovan Place. I'll see you guys next time.